Greetings, everybody, and welcome to Doerism's The Podcast for the week of January the 22nd. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and we are brought to you, as always, by the fine folks at County Market, supporting your kids, your communities, and your schools. And it is a very big week in Tri-State High School basketball. In fact, I'm joined by a special guest, the scheduling Svengali, who helped put together the Quincy Shootout for this year, which starts on Friday, goes through Saturday, and is wall-to-wall, not just basketball at Blue Devil Gym and at the pit, but elite level basketball with some of the finest players and teams in the nation. We're talking the bluest of blue chippers. We're talking about 14 kids who currently hold Division I scholarship offers and many, many more going to places like Gonzaga and Kentucky. We're talking about true blue blood recruits, Arizona State. We're talking about the best. Florida, I mean, it is going to be a phenomenal show. So Eric Stratman joins me now. And first of all, Eric, I think we're past the point of the really big details falling into place. Now it's just every one of those little small niggling details that you have to get in. Uh, you got to be feeling pretty good about, A, the field you've put together and the way things are shaping up for Friday and Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, as I've told a lot of people, we, we set out to get what we thought were some pretty good teams and players, and, and all of a sudden you've had kids like Julian Strother and Marcus Bagley who have gone from – uh, you know, being in the, you know, 40 to 75 player range, ranked players to now, you know, new rankings come out tomorrow. And there's a lot of people think they could both be in the top 30. And, and so that you're very fortunate uh, when, when that happens or a Hamilton Heights who, you know, was a number two in the country at one point. And um, so it's kind of, you know, there, there are years where everything just kind of comes together and you're like, wow. Um, and I'm sure that we're, I hope it never happens, but I'm sure at some point it'll come a time where, you know, we don't have, um, and, and I guess maybe it's happened with a, like a Bishop Miege last year where you, you booked him and you thought Jeremiah Robinson Earl would be there and then he wasn't. But then all of a sudden you have, uh, Mark Mitchell, who's now top 20 sophomore in the country as a freshman last year who got MVP. So things work out and you know now it's just putting the hands in things I can't control which is like is the weather going to cooperate and and so we'll if it doesn't we'll blame Tegan and move on <laughs> which has always been our operating default around here anyway you know first of all you kind of touched on it you kind of caught lightning in the bottle with this one and as good as last year was you guys really have outdone yourself because you do have two Actually, check that. The number two team in the nation, as you said, at one point, depending upon where the rankings fall. Um, and, and again, you've got four top 100 players in the nation, which hasn't happened before. Uh, you know, when you start to do this, I know you dream pretty big and you do have to get lucky. But you're also doing a lot of work targeting guys who are recruits that are that are heard of. And you, you reach to Sacramento and to Vegas and to Memphis. Kind of how does that contact start to get made, Eric? Walk people through the process of your, kind of your master plan of kind of putting the scheduling tree together for this thing well um you know i utilized some different different variables i i mean when you talk about like i say a chaminade that's coming this year you know i went through the soccer coach um who i know and so he got me in touch with coach bennett and and then you know we were able to work things like that other times it's just sending out emails and and trying to figure out the right way to get the right people and you know I've spent the last two days watching basketball games that that have been on TV or live streamed and and seeing some players who we'd like to look at already for next year and and, and we've already done some of that for uh, the following year and so um, it's just 
as you get, you know, we've an example would be Vashon, who we tried to get and get, and they wouldn't they wouldn't come. They're they're in high demand. But then all of a sudden, when you get Sheldon and you call and say, "Hey, I got Sheldon with Marcus Bagley coming in," all of a sudden, Sheldon or uh, Vashon's interested. And so you you just need to hope that Vashon enjoys their experience here. They have a positive experience here because they're the kind of team that played Oak Hill a week ago or not even that long ago. And maybe they go and say, man, we went to Quincy and wow, there were 4,000 people there. And, you know, they turn the lights out and this, this flaming pitchfork devil comes running around and it's crazy. And, and um, maybe then, you know, somebody like that will say, hey, we're ready to come. And um, I think we're, I think we're getting close. I think we're getting real close. Um, I'm starting to get more contacts with people who are in that inner circle, and and it's starting to make a difference a little bit. I'm at least now getting in touch with the people. But as I told somebody yesterday, there are still two coaches that I've not even talked to their head coach yet because their programs are such an elite status. You don't get to the head coach, and you got to talk to a, an assistant coach who handles everything. So um, I've yet to talk to the Sheldon head coach or the Memphis East head coach. Yet, um, I've talked to their assistants, and, you know, I'm used to that because that's kind of what I did with the soccer program at Quincy High, too. So, I get it. So, from your standpoint, obviously, you're starting to hear some of the scuttlebutt, not just from the programs you're dealing with, but nationally. I know you touched on Baller TV is coming in and broadcasting games. So, people around the country can see not just the teams involved, but our atmosphere. Basketball USA, Blue Devil Gym, the entire the the oneness that makes us so special. You touched on it. The most important component of this for everybody else, the people who claim they love basketball, is to be there. Because if you're within an hour drive of Quincy, you're probably never going to see anything quite like this anywhere else. And there hasn't been anything like this in our neck of the woods since the KMOX shootout way back, what, almost 25 years ago now. And you've got something that's that level. So how critical is it for us to get bodies out there into Blue Devil Gym to kind of contribute to this atmosphere, Eric? I think that's, you know, I think it's very important to to have that. I mean, it, the teams want to play in front of people. And and so, you know, it, it it's kind of a catch-22. I don't want to sound like come out there because we want the money for the admissions. and, and I, It's not about it, that. But it's not been about it, that for you ever. It's not ever really been about that uh, for me. Um, I shouldn't say really. It's never been about that for me. It's been about bringing that level of competition here to Quincy because – as you mentioned, the KMOX shootout or the it was the Seven Up shootout. I went every year. You know, I would drive down with um, Kirk Rodemick, and I would drive down to meet my dad, and we'd stay there all day and and watch. And I loved it. Yeah. And it wasn't even when Quincy was even playing. I loved it. And I always said, well, I think we could do that here. And there are some challenges, obviously, when a team like Sheldon they got to they got to fly to St. Louis and then drive here, um, which isn't ideal. But they they did it and. Uh, so, you know, there there have been some other people. You know, Highland puts on a pretty good event, but it's a lot of uh, Midwest teams. Right. And I know they, they've talked about maybe trying to branch out a little bit. And some others do some good shootouts like that, but there's not anything like this around here. And, and you know, we did target um, a lot of bigger and high-profile teams. We don't have area teams other than Quincy High and Notre Dame, and we have had one other in the past. And, but, you know, there are other places that do that already, and so we wanted to be different. Yeah, so, and, and it really does have a different feel to it. I want to walk everybody through this because I think from a – you can go ahead and take – 
Kiloko. So I want to walk everybody through this this schedule, particularly on Saturday, Eric, because I think that says so much about where we go. And and we start off right off the bat. You mentioned it, powerhouse program, NBA farm team, essentially, in Chaminade that has turned out the Bradley Beals and the Jason Tatums of the world. They're going to open the day on Saturday at 10 a.m. against Chicago Corliss. What do you love about that game, first and foremost? I really like that. You know, people are going to get to see Luke Kasubke, who's gone to Kansas State, or going to go to Kansas State, and both his parents played here um, at Quincy College, as now Quincy University, but Quincy College back in the day. So he has some roots here. Um, and so I really like that. But Chaminade also has a couple other guys that are Division One type players and two super sophomores that are playing a lot. And then Corliss, you know, Corliss was number four in, uh, in the state of Illinois last year. Uh, this is their third or fourth trip in a row to Blue Devil Gym. And you know, they just played a couple weeks ago and, and played either Morgan Park or Whitney Young to a three-point game. They lost to St. Louis Christian by just uh, four or five points in a shootout not that long ago. So um, it's going to be a good early morning matchup to, to get teams you know ready to go and fired up. After that, you follow up with Father Tolton, which brings Jeremy Osborne back into the gym. Obviously, Quincy High alum, great guy who's got a great basketball team. I got to see Tolton this year when they headed over to Monroe City and, and put a whooping on a very good Monroe City team. Obviously, there are a couple more Porter brothers in the mix there. You've got them paired up with Liberty out of Henderson, Nevada. Um, and I know that's a game that I think people will probably find a lot of value in as well. Sure. You know, Jeremy Jeremy is always, as I've always told Jeremy, as long as Jeremy's coaching at Father Tolton, he's welcome to come here and play in, in his home gym. You know, that that I call that his home gym yeah. um, because, you know, he is an alum of the program, and we try and do that. Um, and he does have the two porters. The one is a sophomore. He's 6'10 now. Um, but, you know, they also have Conzo Martin's son on the team, and for our Mizzou fans, Derek Chivas's son is a sophomore. So, they have that'll be a good game for them, and they're playing Liberty. And Julian Strother has committed to Gonzaga, and he's he's averaging well over thirty a game, and he's had forty in plenty of games, and uh, he he's just a pure scorer. So if you want to see, you know, a pure scorer, I mean, this is a kid that's a Joe Wieskamp. If you were at the first year here, he just can flat out fill it up. Yeah, and he famously dueled with Chandler Bevins that year from Clark County in what was probably the most fun game that I can remember being a part of so far of a lot of really fun games in this tournament. You've got Davenport West and Quincy Notre Dame at 1, Rock Island at Iowa City West at 2.30, and then things get really entertaining again as well with Chicago Heights, Marion Catholic versus Melville. Uh, and we're talking Aaron Euless, and I mean, last year he was my very favorite, and you had some great players in that gym last year, but Aaron Euless, who's now committed to Iowa as a point guard of enormous bounce I mean that was the guy who just electrified Eric and you and I were watching the dunks and it was it was insane the bounce that that kid gets I mean do you get a chance to just kind of sit down during the course of an afternoon because I know you're doing a million other things but do you just get a chance to let that talent wash over you a little bit while you're doing this Uh, funny enough last year yes I did uh, especially when Aaron played they played the first um, they played the first game of the shootout on Friday and not very many people are there and fortunately for me, I got to sit next to his mom and dad. And, you know, they had been here before when Tyler Ulis, his brother, who played at Kentucky and has – Had a cup of coffee in the NBA. Yeah, and he's been there. And his parents were like, man, we've seen the Blue Devil ceremony and everything. And so I had a lot of opportunity to sit down and talk with them because there wasn't a lot going on. And the more we watched him play, 
the more I was like, wow, this kid is a player. And he was kind of under the radar at that time. And um, I kind of think he had a coming out when he was here and he just blossomed from that point on. And so, you know, and Mike Taylor will be here, Sean's brother, and he and he enjoys bringing his team down here. And so getting them to play and then play against Melville, who, you know, Melville's going to bring a true seven-footer that's going to Kansas State and a couple other guys uh, that are that are potential Division One players. And, and they're what many people would think a top two, three team down in the St. Louis area. Um, so that that is definitely going to be a really um, – a really good, interesting matchup, I think. From your standpoint, I, I don't want to call anything a marquee because it seems like everything is marquee, but you start off with those two powerhouse games, and then things really start ramping back up again in a major way at 4 o'clock because you've talked about Hamilton Heights. They were number two in, in the nation, as high as that, against the St. Louis Christian team that, A, we got to see, see some of those athletes in play in football, which were absolutely ridiculous, but that's a really incredible basketball team. We saw them last year. I think it was Monroe City, or was it Ham uh, Hannibal? One of the two we saw them against last year and I can't remember specific it was Monroe City specifically I mean they had guys all over the floor who could play got some size you've got those two teams paired up then then it's obviously Sheldon who comes in from my my neck of the woods and I still have to mow your lawn at some point this summer maybe all summer long for getting team Bagley to make an appearance here but Sheldon versus Memphis Tennessee Memphis East which was Penny Hardaway's old team was that not so I mean you've got that at seven o'clock and then Quincy High and Centralia the two most storied programs or two of the most storied programs in the entire country, wrapping up the day at 8.30. And, and that's just the Saturday schedule alone. Let people know how they can get themselves in the gym and what they need to do to get there, because I know your tickets are going really pretty quickly. As I've been telling people, though, not only is the $12 a great deal for all of those games, but people can pay $10, sit up top, and sometimes I think that's an even better view than the lower part of Blue Devil Gym. Is that fair? Yeah, there's no bad seat, obviously, in Blue Devil Gym. So, um you know, people can – there's a couple different ways you can get tickets. You can go to the shootout website, uh, www.quincyshootout.com. Um, you can also buy them at the door. And and like you mentioned, I, I think the pricing is really good for considering what what you're going to get. You, I think you have to look – if you're just coming to watch one game, you may be thinking that's a lot of money to spend. But I, I'm hoping that people will come and – and say I'll watch two or three games. You know, don't you don't have to stay all day, and that ticket allows you to come and go all day long. So uh, we, we're going to have a lot of good concessions there. I know we're having food brought in from the butcher block and Kelly's and Hy-Vee, and and so um, you know I, the easiest way you can do the three things: you can get them at the door, you can call the Quincy High Athletic Office, or you can get online at our website and and buy your tickets and come out and enjoy the day. I think it, the weather looks like it's supposed to be a, uh, a good day. It's not going to be a great day to be outside, so it would be a good day to be inside. In gym, yeah. And it's not going to be – the weather is not going to be like it's been the last two weekends. So, um, you know, I'm just really excited about what it is. And, and if you want to come on Friday night and you don't have a ticket, Friday night tickets are, I believe, $6 at Quincy High, and that gets you in all four games. So it will get you – to, to all four, and, I, and, you know, I know people want to come watch Quincy High, but let me tell you, if you can get in that gym, you want to watch Sheldon and Vashon play at 8.30 that night, that'd be worth the $6 in itself. Uh, watching two big-time players go at each other and Cameron Fletcher from going to Kentucky. And, uh, you know, they got a couple other uh, young men on that. Vashon team are pretty darn good. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I was going to get back to Friday because I know Friday is more difficult for people. But that 830 game on Friday night in Blue Devil Gym, and you touched on it, Vashon and Sheldon. And for people who haven't seen Marcus Bagley, he's a little different player than Marvin is. He's not as tall, but he is a true wing, whereas Marvin was kind of a, you know, a, a post player with wing dynamics. You know, Marcus has found his own very unique niche. And when he was healthy earlier this year, you really saw him grow. And you touched on the rise in his stars and rankings. A lot of that had to do with the progress he's made. And it's not just Marcus Bagley. That is an exceptionally talented Sheldon team coming in here uh, again. And I'll be wearing my Sacramento King gear because me and uh, old man Bagley are going to become the bestest of best, best friends over the course of this. So we can, you know, talk about everything. I'm going to get all the insider information on the Kings on Dave Yeager's ouster, which apparently old man Bagley was very happy to see happen at the back end of last year for his son's sake. And Marvin got healthy a bit last night. So that was good to see as well. Um, obviously, Eric, we, we thank you for putting on this incredible endeavor, but I know you're not alone in it. I, there's great sponsorship, incredible support from Scott Douglas and Quincy High School. You have to have an athletic director who thinks outside the box to pull something like this off. And obviously, uh, hats off to Scott, hats off to Andy Douglas for his role in this as well. Um, I, I know you have a few thank yous to say. I'm going to let you close out your portion of this podcast by doing that. Well, thank you for for having me on. And, and again, thank you to, as you said, our, our major title type sponsors are KHQA and Knox and Trucking and you know we couldn't we just couldn't pull this off without the sponsorship and the local people and and I know I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit it's not cheap to pull off something like this and the only way we can pull it off is through our sponsors because basketball at the high school level I don't want to say it's big business but if you're going to get a team like Sheldon you're going to have to pay for their expenses to get them here. And uh, because if you don't, somebody else will. And so we have to cover expenses for a lot of our teams that come in here, and we only can do that through the sponsors. And um, and as you mentioned, Scott Douglas is great to work with. Quincy High School is great to work with. Andy Douglas, you know, has – I think when we started this, Andy and Scott were like, let's ease into it and – I think I just you, you've never eased into anything in your life. No, I kind of didn't ease into it. I just kind of I just kind of put the pedal to the metal and went. And so maybe we've gone a little faster than than they've wanted. I could be speaking out of turn, but um, again, our sponsors there are so many that, that I can name and and I I can't get them all. And I don't want to leave anybody out. So, uh, but we that is just the key. And then you know what we also rely on the fans to come in and. You know, at the end of the day, what where does all this go? This comes back into the Quincy High basketball program. It, it's that's who benefits from this, not me, not Scott Douglas, not uh, our sponsors. Nobody benefits from this. It goes back into our basketball program to help uh, offset expenses, which are are expensive. Um, you know, people don't understand a charter bus bill until you've had to pay it, and uh, that's that's expensive. And then going to Sterling is is you know that's a fifteen hundred dollar trip. Jeez, yeah. And, and so, um, you know, th- those are just things that help. So, um, again, I, I just couldn't be more thankful to all the people that, that help out and, and do things from the scorer's table to, uh, you know, the custodians, everybody there at the, at the high school that, that helps make this happen. I can't thank them enough and appreciate them. And, and I'm, I'm just excited for them all to start getting here and, and the showcase to begin. 
And we're certainly excited as well. And again, thank you for all your fine work. And remember what Eric's talking about. I mean, it's an investment in this tournament to be there in the seats because if you want to see the Sheldons and the Vachons and the Henderson Heights and all of these teams from around the country, the more people who show up, the more chance we have as a community to see this type of basketball radiated out again. And I, I know Eric has a great deal of ambition for this thing going forward. There may be a day, you know, that you get to see like an Oak Hill Academy here. If, if we continue to grow this thing and it is a we thing it's not on Eric it's not on Quincy High it's on all of us as basketball fans and it's 12 bucks I mean it's literally 12 bucks to see the best basketball you're going to see this year and again our thanks to all the sponsors and to Eric for his fine work in putting this together and while we're talking about sponsors looking to eat a little better this new year County Market can help with their new healthy options to live well in 2020 campaign look for the red apple logo on a variety of products around the store for healthier options and head to the my County Market Facebook page for video tips on what to look for when choosing your next meal or snack. All right, shifting gears now, our Max Bennett has joined us graciously on the podcast this week, and we're going to kind of go around the horn on a couple of different topics with Max, kind of uh, take the temperature of the room basketball-wise and wrestling-wise in our area. And I'm going to start with this, Max, because you spend an awful lot of time on campus at Quincy University. If you're Ryan Hellenthal, you go 4-1 and one on the homestand, your only loss being to a tremendous Truman State squad, um, you know, obviously in the Monday night special. How do you feel about your squad now relative to where you were you know, going into that big homestand, Max? Well, for one thing, I would just, it's a complete 180-degree turnaround from when they were in Kirksville, lost by 20, 30, whatever it was, and going on the road to a tough Evansville, Southern Indiana, brand-new arena, you know they're on a whole new level. And then you've always had close games against McKendree. So now can you take what you've learned at home? and transfer it on the road and what GLVC is always tough to play. And I think it all goes back to Tanner Stuckman and the year, the turnaround he's had, averaging 19 a game, third in conference behind Broderick Thomas and a kid out of Lindenwood University. It's just, it's like I said, how can you take the play from Pepsi Arena and transfer it on the road? But it is certainly a nice position to be in where I, I think going into this homestand, you almost felt like they had to do something or this would be a lost season. The fact that you can talk about potentially getting back to a GLVC tournament, which has seemed like this far distant horizon goal the last two years. I mean, that does change the polarity. And that was a really good crowd. And I know there was the baseball event and everything else going on, but it was a really lively crowd. And I talked to a lot of people this week, Max, who who wanted to take it in. And, and I, I think the interest level, just walking around town, and I, I, you're closer to it than I am, uh, but walking around town, I think the interest level has risen. Did you get that sense? Absolutely. Not only from a community aspect, but we have not seen a student section crowd there since the likes the year that they went on the run into the NCAA tournament with Tagarelli, Sonor, Meyer. It's not only when you get the feeling on campus going, it translates into the community and then throughout the whole tri-states. Is QU for real and are they going on the right track? Well, that, that certainly is a nice change. You've touched on atmosphere and environment, and I think that also brings us to a very important point this week. Obviously, the game that everybody had been waiting for at the high school level all season long, all of, you know, uh, West Central Illinois had their eyes on, you know, 
hoping for a Payson Seymour versus Winchester West Central Championship game at the Winchester Invitational, a game which obviously Winchester West Central came back from you know, down as many as seven, uh, you know, it got to double digits at one point in the game, but I remember it being seven in the third quarter. I actually jumped out. I was listening on the radio podcast on WEAI and got out of the car, went and shot the Quincy University Truman State game, got back in the car, and all of a sudden West Central was on top. Um, you know, and I don't know if this game proves, you know, one of these teams is significantly better than other Max. I, you know, I know you haven't seen West Central in person. You've seen Payson a number of times. I've seen West Central in person, you know, I think almost 10 times now this season. So, I mean, we, we, you know, we've run the gamut of seeing these teams. What immediately strikes you about that result? Uh, what makes you look forward to that next meeting again in Winchester on February the 13th and potentially a meeting in the sectional, which would probably, you know, to my mind, probably propels one of those teams off to Peoria. What just kind of sticks out about the week, that game, and, and sort of the general vibe we got from all of that, Max, to you? Well, it comes. I think it comes back to the quarterfinal game where Payson. It almost didn't happen where Lucas Luce had to tip it in at the buzzer, and that just you were there for. Yeah, absolutely. Great atmosphere. Western and Preston Wellman did what he could to make that that close game and almost not happen. But that just shows how well coached Brian Ray has to his guys, and that story we ran. Cole Schwartz says, "I love him. I'd do anything for Coach Ray." It's just it's. Coaching. It all comes down to coaching. Coach Ray, he knows how to run the offense, and a lot of athleticism always helps as well. I think basically we walk away from this realizing that the tipping point between two incredibly talented teams is whose size is going to play better. And I thought, you know, Riker Triplett had a pretty good game the other night. It's just that Cole Howard, when Cole Howard gets going, and it's not just Payson. Uh, you know, Cole Howard was the story in the fourth quarter against Payson. He was the story the entire game against Madison, a team that beat Quincy High School. I, when he gets headed in the right direction, and he, I'm not even suggesting that, when he's healthy and active as he should be, and he's still playing on a bit of a bum ankle at this point, but when he gets going that direction, there aren't a lot of players in tri-state basketball anywhere who could match up with him, you know, and, and I'm not just talking at the 1A level. He is a tipping point. Payson Seymour, you know, doesn't have that proven size guy. Riker Triplett's making the move and, and, and getting to be a pretty darn good player. But, you know, when, when you have a big three, it's nice that one of those guys is an all-state caliber big in the middle, and I think that's what we've seen from Cole Howard when he's healthy and full go. The question is, will he be healthy and full go? And, look, Payson did some self-inflicted things at the back end of that game in the third quarter that Tate was telling us about because he was there, um, you know, that kind of were their own undoing. So I, I don't know that Payson got beat as much as Payson kind of beat themselves in that game. So I, I think there's a lot of wildly interesting things to think about about that moving forward. Another big storyline this week um, and, and something we broke here at KHQA, I know she's just a freshman, Abby Schrake, but she had a Division One assistant coach in the gym, uh, you know, at the pit when Quincy Notre Dame took on Quincy High. And, you know, uh, you know, Drake was in the building. And I know there are local ties with Drake with, you know, uh, Nikki Hayes Fort being in town and getting a chance to see it. But I think we're starting to realize very quickly that Abby Schreck, even by every other metric and standard, is pretty special. You've seen her play a number of times. What stands out about her to you? Is it the presence? Is it the power? Is it the, the, the stature? Is it the shooting? I mean, she handles it pretty well. What do you, what it, I'll tell you what stands out to me after you tell me what stands out to you, Max. With her just being a freshman, just everything stands out to me. I mean, it's basketball IQ. 
She knows when to shoot. She knows when to use likes of Matty Ray, Cindy Hummer. Whether it's dumping it off inside, using screens, drib- putting the ball on the floor when she has to. It's just her all-around basketball IQ. And just think, like, people, she's only a freshman. What's she going to do two, three years down the road? She reminds me an awful lot of Tori Neiman, and I think I've said this before, even at this point, although she's a bigger version of Tori Neiman at least and has the chance to, you know, obviously four years in a weight room is going to help her a ton. So I don't think this will be the first instance we see of Division One coaches in a basketball gym, but I don't even know that basketball's her best sport at this point. I mean, I've heard phenomenal things about softball, and we've seen her in volleyball already. Uh, I, I think she has... The ability to knock down shots at her size, which is a really special thing at this point in her development in her career. All right, if I had to ask you to pick a winner this week, uh, Max, at the Lanzini, and that's sort of the big standout tournament. we got a lot of tournaments, and we're going to hope Mother Nature finally gets out of our way and, you know, I I guess steers clear of us. But on the boys' side... You know, we're, we're doing this on Tuesday. Is it Monroe City state-ranked? Is it Palmyra state-ranked? Is it the sneaky good Van Farr state-ranked, which, you know, took out Clark County on a monster effort from Verdell Johnson? I mean, which of those teams on the boys' side do you think has the best chance to hoist the, the loving cup at the end of this thing on Saturday? Again, weather permitting, uh, of those three basketball teams I know you've seen a ton of. Haven't really seen Palmyra a whole lot besides on video. I've seen Monroe a couple times. Have not seen Van Farr, but just from seeing stuff on Twitter, the Van Farr-Clark game, I'm going to go the underdog with Van Farr and just the experience they have in big games, getting to the Final Four in the state two years in a row. Verdell Johnson, I mean, I saw him two years ago. What's he now? He's a senior now. So he played a big-time role as a sophomore in the state final game, which they won. He's clutch. It might be bold, but he's gonna what is gonna help Van Farr, I think, win the Lazini and be the underdog. Well, that that would certainly be a big, big win for for Van Farr because the last couple of years, and you know, Brian Wasman, I heard him make this joke, you know, uh, to Pat Conaway this week was that, yeah, you guys screwed up by you know by winning in the uh, in the opening round because typically you've lost the last two years, been dumped into the consolation bracket, and then won a state championship and went to a Final Four. Now you've you know, you've put yourself in a bad position. I like the Van Farr pick because they are extremely physical. I don't know that they have enough scoring uh, to get past them in Rose City, but. By the same token, I mean, the way things work out and, you know, they, they do have a physical presence inside. They do have the ability with a couple of different guys on the wing to snipe. And obviously, Verdell sets it all up. I really like the game that I saw from, from Colin Wilburn the other night and the way he was able to kind of get inside against Clark County and exploit those things. And I think he's a pretty special player. On the girls' side, I think Palmyra is your prohibitive favorite. And I, I, I guess that's probably who you pick. Anybody got a chance to take out Palmyra in this thing? If anybody, I would say the Monroe City girls, but Palmyra, they just have too much with Megan Stone and her supporters. I mean, you beat Van Farr in the 8C 93-17 like you should, like you should a 1-8 matchup, and they're just, they're just good. They're super good. They're the best defensive team on the girls' side I've seen this year, Q&D included. I, you know what? If, if I was going to take a flyer on somebody, and I think Monroe City's been a little bit all over the place, but I'll take a flyer on the team that beat Monroe City just a week ago in Clark County because I think, A, John Weaver does as good a job coaching as anybody in our area. B, 
you have the ability to match speed with speed on those guards because Alexis Ellison is a unique individual talent with her ability to run all over the floor, and she may be the one girl that can run with a Megan Stone, you know, for four single quarters. Um, you know, I don't know that Clark County has a ton of offense. A lot of it has to be generated and go through Jade Ross, but you know what? Palmyra's going to play a defensive game anyway. So if I had to pick somebody there that I thought would have a chance, um, I, I would think it would be Clark County. But again, I'm with you, Max. I think the prohibitive favorite going into this week is Palmyra. So uh, as far as on the boys' side, I'm going to take Palmyra to win it. You know, you went with the, the Monroe City. I think just whoever comes out of that Monroe City Van Far team is kind of ripe. It's Palmyra's home floor. They haven't won this thing in a long time. I, I think Palmyra sets up nicely, and I, I'm such a fan of Jaden Durst's game and the way he plays and you know his ability. And I don't think we talk enough about him as a player of the year candidate. He'd be a guy that I would say doesn't get enough love in that department because obviously, you know, you know, you got guys like Jeremiah Tolton and Lucas Luce and you know Gabe Cox and all these guys that we've talked about who deservedly so. But you know, on the on the fringe of that conversation, you've got. You know, Jaden Durst, and you've got Anthony Potrots, who's, who's, and I know you're a big fan of watching Keokuk, and you've seen them a number of times. I mean, he's, I think he's leading that conference in scoring at close to 18 a game. Um, that, that's pretty impressive, and they're a super impressive team. Yeah, you took the war, you took the thoughts right out of my head with Potrots. I mean, watching them on to that defeat against Washington, which now puts them in the tie for the Southeastern Conference up there. I mean, he's just another one of those bigs that, he can shoot the three. He can drive, draw, get to the free throw line when needed. And he's also that football size inside, blocking shots, rebounding. Just him and the rest of the Chiefs from the football squad have just contributed to a lot of success for the Chiefs and Coach Summers. I'm going to bring this full circle, and I know you're going to spend the entire day on Saturday at the Quincy Shootout, and we're looking super forward to that. I'm going to be there for a lot of Friday and a lot of Saturday, although I may have to duck out for a couple of local things. I'm, I'm certainly going to be there to watch Team Bagley, you know, when Sheldon comes in and see some other things. I mean, you're a, you're a St. Louis guy. When, when they tell you they've got Chaminade and Vachon and now St. Louis Christian, who's a more risen recent power, but when they tell you they have those three as a St. Louis guy, I mean, that says an awful lot about the quality of this tournament. And I know Eric touched on it at the beginning. Who are you most looking forward to seeing? Is it one of those St. Louis teams that you're so familiar with? Is it seeing them tested? Is it seeing somebody, you know, like a Julian Strother or, uh, you know, this kid who's going to the University of Florida, you know, from from uh, from this team out of Tennessee? I mean, what, what kind of stands out to you? Yeah, I'm, I just think the Vashans, the St. Louis Catholics, the Shamana, just seeing them get tested on a national level – but to tell you the truth, honestly, the team I'm looking forward to see the most is Centralia, the nation's winningest high school program, coached by a Pittsfield native. It, from what I've heard, they are a very sound uh, ball handling team, basketball club. Not going to throw a whole lot of flash at you, but when you have that history of the Centralia program, you know how to win, and you know what comes with the tradition of being an orphan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and Lee Bennett does a great job. And last time we saw him in this gym, I'm, I'm pretty sure he wasn't real happy because he was on the back end of a loss to Sean Taylor. I'll go a different route, though, and, and I'll, I'll champion this because I championed it earlier. I'm super excited to see Marion Central Catholic. You know, Sean uh, Taylor's brother is, is bringing his team back in, and Aaron Euless. I mean, I watched Xavier Foster. I watched all those great kids they had last year in person. Aaron Euless was my favorite, and I was on Twitter begging for him to get another star because he was a two-star. Now he's – I think he's – 
creep it up to a four-star guy as a point guard. I know he's a three-star, and he's going to the University of Iowa. And again, he's super fun to watch. All right. Again, my thanks to Max Bennett for joining us here on the big podcast this week. And also want to remind you to put dinner on the table in a flash with County Market's quick and easy meals. These prepackaged meals cook right in the bag, in the microwave or oven, and offer everything from salmon and asparagus to chicken and potatoes, vegetable medleys, and a whole lot more. Look for the quick and easy meals in the cooler at the front of the store and take the work out of dinner tonight. All right, again, great to have Max with us. This is going to be an annual thing because I like having voices around to talk and we missed having Jet here. So I think Tate Heupel is going to start joining us on the podcast as well. And we're going to have an awful lot to talk about next week with the Supervan shootout coming up, with the Quincy High shootout in our rearview mirror, uh, with a lot of good basketball. Fingers crossed if Mother Nature stays the heck out of our way, which she has not done a very good job of of late. But we're going to have a ton coming your way over the next couple of days. And again, as always, we thank you for joining in the podcast. Again, you can now finally find us on iTunes. I think we've hit the big time, Max. We are official something pseudo-celebrities of some sort, or maybe the worst pseudo-celebrities on the planet, I can assure you. But we're there. And again, as always, our unyielding support and thanks to County Market for supporting so many good things in our communities, including local sports.